0: Episode 38 – A New Study Confirms the Bleeding Obvious – Most COVID-jabbed People Don't Read Science An analysis of a survey of the German public published in BMJ Open on the 18th of August 2022 has found that people who accepted a COVID injection are more likely to hold beliefs about COVID-19 and the injection itself that accord with the dominant narrative but are factually wrong and are less likely to read original scientific publications than those with no intention to get jabbed. As my dear old dad used to say, back in the days before political correctness eviscerated our vernacular, well, I'll be buggered. The Macmillan Online Dictionary provides a helpful translation for those unfamiliar with British or Australian idiom. Bugger me slash well, I'll be buggered is categorized as a phrase of British origin classed as impolite, and just one definition, used when you are very surprised about something. I mean, it's not like I've been spending the last two and a half plus years reading scientific papers about SARS-CoV-2 and the COVID-19 injections, analysing and explaining them in my articles and sending letters summarising these analyses to politicians only to receive evidence-free appeals to authority from their office dogs' bodies. It's not like I've had any conversations with injection zealots, in which I've calmly presented data from government websites, showed them studies, and patiently explained how the clinical trials weren't even set up to determine whether the COVID-19 injections were capable of preventing infection, transmission, or serious illness, only to be met with a glassy-eyed stare and a recitation of the Branch-Covidian catechism, COVID-19 is a deadly disease, the only way out of the pandemic is for everyone to get vaccinated, the vaccines are safe and effective, anyone who questions this is an anti-vaxxer. And it's not like any of you have had the same experience. Here's a list of strategies that one of my Substack subscribers has used to try to break the hypnotic trance. This was posted as a comment by SP. I have not red-pilled anyone recently. I have failed using calm discussion, memes, satire, sarcasm, Zoom calls where I spend hours explaining things like ivermectin not being a horse dewormer, emails pulling together a wide range of references, only referencing government or manufacturer sources, wittily crafted insults, sulking, getting angry or upset, analogies, metaphor, or even basic comparison, easily refuting every argument presented, appealing to emotion, compassion, empathy, humanity, making accurate predictions, reminding others that they have faith in things with zero predictive power, pointing out historical trends, using graphs, data sets, numbers, personal anecdotes, epidemiological evidence, rhetorical questions, using only objective facts from our shared reality like anti-discrimination laws exist, pointing people towards those I consider far more gifted and hardworking than myself, trying to learn from those more eloquent than myself. (laughs) Okay, sarcasm off. Right, now that I've vented just a little teensy bit of my freaking ginormous frustration at the absolute transparent stupidity of the dominant narrative and the painfully evident incapacity of those who still believe it to think their way out of a wet paper bag – oops, sorry about that, I might have a bit more venting to do in private – Let's dig into the new study, which has a straightforward title, Very German that, Why do people consent to receiving SARS-CoV-2 vaccinations, a representative survey in Germany? The researchers used a professional market survey company to survey 1,032 respondents who were socioeconomically representative of the German population. Their aim was to identify the major motivations for receiving, intending to receive, or intending not to receive a COVID-19 injection, and the factors that best predicted respondents' actions and intentions with respect to these injections. The survey was conducted during the last week of November and the first week of December 2021, by which time, according to official figures, 69.3% of Germans were fully vaccinated, back in those halcyon days when having two jabs earned you that hallowed status. Almost 83% of the respondents had already received one or more COVID-19 injections, 4.6% were currently uninjected but intended to be injected in the near future, and the remaining 12.5% were uninjected and intended to stay that way. Of those who had already received a COVID-19 injection, or intended to get one soon, The major factors motivating their decisions were number one i'm afraid that an infection with the coronavirus will create severe health problems and i want to avoid these that was 60 percent who rated that as their primary motivation number two i simply want to have a normal life again going to restaurants cinemas concerts etc that was 18.5 percent number three i want to help eradicate the virus 10.3 percent number four i want to travel again that was 7.9 percent Number five, my social environment urges me, family, friends, workplace, learning or other social environment. That was 3.2%. And number six, I do that because others do it also, 0.5%. The authors of the study provided trenchant commentary on each of these motivations. On the first factor, the fear of suffering health consequences from infection, they pointed out that, quote, the average age of the population in this survey is 49.6 years, and the infection fatality rate for this age group is between 0.01% and 0.1%, end of quote. Why would people who had between a 1 in 1,000 and 1 in 10,000 risk of dying from viral infection be persuaded to accept an experimental injection with no long-term safety data? The researchers hazarded a guess. Quote, this fear is likely due to media coverage and consumption. End of quote. You don't say. The researchers observed that motivations number two and four to six did not constitute medically justified reasons to receive a vaccine, let alone an inadequately tested experimental product, and had nothing to do with SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19, but were instead the consequences of the deleterious impacts on people's lives of non-evidence-based government policies. And finally, the third-ranked motivation cannot be achieved through the use of COVID-19 injections because they do not break transmission chains. A fact that was already not just evident, but acknowledged by public health authorities, including the CDC, by, at the latest, early August 2021. How could so many respondents be unaware that COVID-19 injections did sweet Fanny Adams to eradicate SARS-CoV-2 over four months after that fact had been publicly admitted? To understand that, we need to look at the researchers' findings on factors influencing the decision to accept being injected. While several sociodemographic factors had some predictive value, people who were older, had a higher income, and lived in a smaller household were more likely to elect to get jabbed, the strongest predictive factor was a high Corona Orthodoxy score, or COS. This was a scale developed by the study authors based on a previous survey of immunologists. Essentially, it rates adherence to six statements constituting the mainstream narrative about COVID-19. That is, SARS-CoV-2 is more infectious than influenza. SARS-CoV-2 infection leads to higher mortality than influenza. COVID-19 poses a stronger challenge to the health system than influenza. The virus is more important than the immune system in determining outcomes of SARS-CoV-2 infection. Vaccines for COVID-19 should have been developed in an expedited process rather than following the normal sequence. And more damage was done by the virus than by non-pharmaceutical interventions. That is, public health policies focused on containment. I'm sure it will shock you to discover that those who scored highest on the COS were the most likely to have already been, or intended to be jabbed. You'll be even more startled to learn that people who used public television and radio as sources of information were more likely to accept the experimental injection. Gee, I wonder if there's any correlation between those two. And here's a big surprise, quote, use of alternative media and use of scientific original publications as information source were negatively associated with being vaccinated, end of quote. Golly gee, so people who make the effort to go beyond the lamestream media and who actually read scientific papers to help make an informed decision for themselves are less likely to accept an inadequately tested, rushed to market, liability-free experimental product that prevents neither infection nor transmission. Well, I'll be buggered. Oops, sarcasm turned itself back on again. Must fix that. Now I hear you ask what were the motivations of respondents who did not intend to get injected? Here, in rank order, are the outrageous reasons given by those kooky, granola crunching, tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist nutjobs. Number one, I don't want to be treated with novel pharmaceutical products whose long term safety profile is unclear. of respondents ranked that as their primary reason for not wanting to get jabbed. Number two, I'm afraid of side effects. That was 36.4%. Number three, I think a vaccination is not necessary. 9.3%. Number four, I generally don't do what others do. That was 6.2%. Okay, hands up all of you who would have chosen this as your principal reason. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You don't obey your arbitrary orders. Number five, I've heard so many scary stories. That was 5.4%. And number six, I've already had COVID-19 and I am immune against it. 2.3%. Can you imagine that? People who don't sit in front of the telly imbibing moronic government propaganda, I mean, really, could anyone who hadn't been frontally lobotomized be taken in by the transparent lie that products that will still be in phase three clinical trials until 2023 could possibly be declared safe and effective, especially when the control group has been abolished in all of those trials. So how could people who doubt that have rational concerns about the safety and long-term effects of, of those products? What's that colourful expression one uses when one is very surprised about something? Darn it, I just can't seem to stop that sarcasm from turning itself back on again. Does anyone have any tips? As for motivation number three, maybe some of the respondents caught wind of the way the Amish were handling COVID-19.
1: Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Thousands of families lead lives largely separate from modern America. The Amish are a Christian group that emphasizes the virtuous over the superficial. They don't usually drive, use electricity, or have TVs. And during the COVID-19 outbreak, they became subjects in a massive social and medical experiment. So it's safe to say there was a whole different approach here in this community when coronavirus broke out than many other places. Absolutely. Calvin Lapp is Amish Mennonite.
2: There's three things the Amish don't like, and that's government. They won't get involved in the government. They don't like the public education system. They won't send their children to education. And they, they also don't like the health system. Uh, they, they rip us off. Those are three things that we feel like we're fighting against all the time. Well, those three things are all part of what COVID is.
1: After a short shutdown last year, the Amish chose a unique path that led to COVID-19 tearing through at warp speed. It began with an important religious holiday in May.
2: When they take communion, they, 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 they dump their wine into a cup and they take turns to drink out of that cup. So you go the whole way down the line and everybody drinks out of that cup. So if one person has coronavirus, the rest of the church is gonna get coronavirus. First time they went back to church, everybody got coronavirus.
1: Laps says they weren't denying coronavirus, they were facing it head on.
2: It's a worse thing to quit working than dying. But to shut down and say that we can't go to church, we can't get together with family, we can't see our old people in the hospital, we gotta quit working, you're working, it's going completely against everything that we believe. And you're changing our culture completely to try to act like they wanted us to act the last year and we're not going to do it.
1: Steve Nolt is a scholar on Amish and Mennonite culture and Mennonite himself. He's studying Amish news publications to analyze community-wide trends. So are you saying as of about May of 2020, things kind of went back to normal in the Amish community?
3: Yeah, it's kind of by, by, by the middle of May, it's sort of like back to a typical behavior again.
1: That also meant avoiding hospitals.
3: I know of some cases in which Amish people, like, refused to go to the hospital, even when they were very sick, because if they went there, they wouldn't be able to have visitors. And it was more important to be sick, even very sick, at home uh, and have the ability to have uh, some people around you than to go to the hospital and be isolated.
1: Then last March, remarkable news. The Lancaster County Amish were reported to be the first community to achieve herd immunity meaning a large part of the population had been infected with COVID-19 and become immune. Some outsiders are skeptical, and solid proof is hard to come by. Even
3: those who who believed that they had COVID uh, tended not to get tested. Um, their approach tended to be, uh, I'm sick, I know I'm sick, I don't have to have someone else tell me I'm sick, uh, or um, a concern that if they um, you know, got a positive test, they would then be asked to really dramatically limit what they were doing in a way that, um, you know, might be uncomfortable for them. So, so we don't have that testing
2: number. We didn't want the numbers to go up because then they would shut things more. What, what's the advantage of getting a test?
1: One thing's clear, there's no evidence of any more deaths among the Amish than in places that shut down tight. Some claim there were fewer here. That's without masking, staying at home, or another important measure. Did most of the community, at least the adults, get the COVID-19 vaccine? Again, we don't have
3: uh, data on that, but um, I, I think it's uh, pretty clear that, um, that in percentage terms, uh, relatively few did.
2: Okay. Well, We're glad all the English people got their COVID vaccines. That's great, because now we can do, we don't have to wear a mask, we can do what we want. So good for you. Thank you. We appreciate it. We, us, No, we're not getting vaccines. Of course not. We all got the COVID. So why why would you get a vaccine?
1: By staying open, the Amish here have one tangible 2020 accomplishment few others can claim.
2: We, we, We have this joke when everybody else stopped, started walking, we started running. We made more money in the last year than we ever did. It was our best year ever.
1: Did the Amish really find a magic formula? They say yes, and they don't care who doubts it.
2: Yeah, all the Amish know we got herd immunity. (laughs) Of course, we got herd immunity. When the whole church gets coronavirus, we know we got coronavirus. Yes, we think we're smarter than everybody. I mean, shouldn't be bragging, but we we think we did the right thing.
1: Nolte, the scholar, is publishing a paper on the Amish social response to government mandates and COVID-19.
0: The authors of the study provided some helpful context for the principal motivations of the unjabbed. Quote, the incidence of reported side effects just within the last year of using these vaccines is at least 20 times higher than for other vaccines together over the last 20 years. For instance, the German Adverse Reaction Database of the Paul Ehrlich Institute reports 456 cases of deaths and 54,488 reports altogether for all vaccinations, excluding COVID-19 vaccines, since 2000. The Paul Ehrlich Institute has taken its Adverse Reaction Database offline as of the 30th of April, 2022, in order to adapt it to the security standards necessary. It will soon be online again. It does not say when soon will be. While the cases of deaths reported after COVID-19 vaccines amount to 1,802 among 171,415 total reports in the most recent report of 30 September 2021. Thus, the reports of side effects for all vaccinations together per year over the past 20 years are 1.6% of the number of reports due to COVID-19 vaccines over the last year until end of September in Germany, end of quote. Nothing to see here, move along. Here are a few more juicy morsels from the survey data. Respondents who cited a medical reason for getting injected were less likely to believe that the injection prevents disease, but more likely to believe that it helps to prevent one from infecting others. Work that one out for yourself. Nearly 10% had a positive SARS-CoV-2 test after vaccination. 5.8% of those who had been jabbed reported that their health status was worse than before they had received their experimental shot versus 4% who said it was better. Now that's a fantastic cost-benefit ratio. 30% reported some improvement in their general psychological well-being after getting jabbed, which the authors point out, may have had something to do with no longer being excluded from all the activities that make life worth living. Do you think? 16% of the injected described some kind of serious side effect, such as thrombosis, immunological dysfunction, psychological stress, or lack of stamina. On that last point, the authors explain, Quote, the official rate of all side effect reports, according to the Paul Ehrlich Institute's safety reports, is 1.6 reports in 1,000 vaccinations, or 0.16%. This is close to the 0.1% found by a systematic review of all safety data to date. However, the definition in those official databases of a severe side effect is likely more restricted compared with the descriptive one we adopted for our survey. Thus, our figure is about 100 times as high, which tallies with empirical studies that show that only 1% of all side effects are reported in adverse reaction databases. A review of 37 studies providing estimates of underreporting yielded a median underreporting value of 94%. Taking into consideration that 16% of all vaccinated people in Germany would face serious side effects, this would amount to roughly 12 million cases, end of quote. That cost-benefit ratio is looking better all the time. And I give up. Sarcasm is the only appropriate response to this bollocks. Let's recap. Respondents to this survey who had already accepted or intended to accept a COVID-19 injection were primarily motivated by fear of becoming seriously ill from SARS-CoV-2 infection, an unjustified fear for the vast majority of them, but one stoked by the establishment media which formed their primary information source, and secondarily by their desire to resume normal life again in the face of restrictions imposed not by the virus, but by the very governments pushing them to get jabbed with a liability-free experimental product. They were more likely to hold beliefs about COVID 19 and the injections that were factually incorrect but congruent with the orthodoxy promoted by government and its supplicant media outlets. And they were less likely to read scientific papers or consume alternative media sources to inform themselves. Meanwhile, those who shunned the jabs cited concerns about the lack of long term safety data, which is incontestable, fear of suffering a serious side effect which 16% of the jabs reported, and the lack of necessity for any vaccine, which seems eminently justified given a. the availability of effective treatments for COVID-19 and b. the stunning lack of efficacy of the jabs. I'm reminded of that MIT paper called Viral Visualisations, How Coronavirus Skeptics Use Orthodox Data Practices to Promote Unorthodox Science Online, which, as I wrote about in my article The Death of Science Part 2, observed with evident alarm that coronavirus skeptics and anti-maskers were using rigorous scientific methods to obtain accurate data and conduct careful, unbiased analyses of it, you know, like actual scientists are supposed to do. Except the horror, the horror, these dangerous citizen scientists and no few professional ones, including Nobel laureate Michael Levitt, who, quote, often create polished counter visualizations that would not be out of place in scientific papers, health department reports and publications like the Financial Times, end of quote, were, quote, using orthodox scientific methods to make unorthodox arguments beyond the pale of the scientific establishment, end of quote. Yeah, you heard that right. They were diligently using the scientific method to come to wrongthink conclusions. How dare they? They should just follow the science, trademark. All sarcasm aside, I'm pleased that BMJ Open has had the courage and integrity to publish this study. Unlike the MIT grifters, who authored the Wasted Cyberspace paper on anti-maskers, who, quote, believe that science is a process and not an institution, end of quote. And yes, they actually intended that as a criticism. The authors of this analysis are motivated by genuine concern for the appalling toll that oppressive containment policies and unethically coerced experimental injection drives have had on their fellow Germans, and indeed people all over the world. Will the publication of this study in a reputable medical journal force politicians to abandon the pointless and highly destructive biosecurity theatre that they've imposed on us for almost three years since the manufactured COVID crisis began? Of course not. Will it persuade your branch Covidian friends and family members that you're not a whack job for not wanting to be injected with a novel product that prevents neither infection nor transmission and has no long-term safety data? Don't be silly. But I guess there's some comfort in knowing that you're not alone in sensing that there's something very rotten in the state of public health policy and some sense of vindication that you're definitely not crazy. So go ahead and enjoy your I told you so moment if it helps to re-energize you for the long drawn out struggle that we face to restore honesty to the scientific endeavor and sanity to public policy. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and on your socials and make sure you subscribe to my empowered Substack stack so you never miss a post.